everyone. This is Mariana Henninger. Welcome to another episode, another, for some reason I said it like that, another episode of Empire Secrets, where we dive into your online empire. I, oh man, this chick, where to begin? <laughs> Jen Winham is a phenomenal copywriter. Jen is the kind of person that when you get her email, you stop everything and you open them because there's so much entertainment. There's no fluff. She's witty AF and she is such a ninja at what she does. She calls herself the secret weapon behind six to seven figure digital course launches, which I couldn't agree more. I want to start with uh, the thing you were probably most known for, which is this amazing costume that you've got there with you. Obviously, it's the story behind the costume. She's holding it up, folks. It is a hot dog, full body suit. And she looks amazing in it. I think there's a hat that goes along with it or some, or I guess like it even goes above her head. It's the sausage <laughs> yeah. that wraps around. <laughs> and <clears throat> I have seen Jen wear this full on for a masterclass that she's taught because she like embodies this message so much. And you might be wondering what the heck is the hot dog message. So Jen, why don't we start there? So the hot dog story comes out of when I had first started my business Obsession 11. And there was a story that came out about, um, you might have seen it, there was a, a dance school somewhere in the United States was hosting Princess Day. And the little girls were all invited to come in wearing their favorite uh, dance costumes. So there's a, a photo that went viral of a group of about, I don't know, seven little girls all dressed as princesses. And one of them was dressed as a hot. Everybody loved hot dog girl. And what I always point out to people is everybody remembers her and nobody remembers what the other princesses were wearing. And they really liked that this girl had the, um, the chutzpah to wear whatever the heck she wanted and not look like a traditional princess. And this struck me because one of the things that probably online marketing, but also any kind of marketing talks about is standing out in the sea of sameness. You will hear that everywhere. The problem with that is everybody all sounds the same when they say it. Yeah. And so that message no longer stands out. So as I was looking at the story, what popped into my head was when they go princess, you go hot dog. You need to be able to find your marketing edge, the thing that makes you different in a way that your audience cares about. Yeah. And I think this is one of the things that really brought us together is how much we embody that obsession, that desire to this, not only for our own brand, but for our clients and really believing that this is one of the key things that is going to make you memorable. So I like to use the tagline, take you from unknown to unforgettable. And, yeah. and it, it just all, you know, all sort of harps on the same theme. It, what is the thing that you're going to be remembered for? You know, I never really used it as part of my marketing until uh, last year. And once I started doing that, people really went crazy for the hot dog. And the only problem with that is I don't even like hot dogs. So people want to <laughs> give me hot dog related things. I've had two people show up on sales calls holding bottles of mustard. Oh my asking gosh. me, yeah, asking me, <laughs> Jen, please make me into the hot dog. Like that has become the thing that has really rememberable. That's my word that I say, rememberable about me. It's Jen and hot dogs. And I always think, why couldn't I have found something? Why couldn't that little girl have just as something else? I don't even <laughs> like hot dogs. But that's ended up being a really big differentiator for me. And again, something that 
people care about. Okay, so when you are working with clients, what are ways that you are making them hot dogs? Well, first of all, I only ever really take on two people in any given industry at a time. I'm just not Mm. smart enough to not plagiarize myself. I... (laughs) So I set myself up for success, but usually during that sales call that I have with somebody, I'm listening for the hot dog. The Mm. hot dog already exists. It's just a matter of how we then talk about it and position. That sales call is really more of a screening process than it is uh, me pitching or trying to sell. I'm trying to figure out, is this somebody who's going to work well with me? And will I be able to genuinely help them? If it sounds like they don't have an offer that people want, or if they're already in an overlapping industry and I feel like I can't possibly say something new about it, then they're not a client that I take Mm. on. But like I said, usually the hot dog exists. Now, if they really don't have one, it's a process of me helping them get one, but they have to be open to the idea. Some people are really intimidated by the idea Mm. of either niching down in terms of audience, niching down in terms of their offer. There can be a lot of hesitation. Oh, this is so interesting. I want to dive a bit deeper. This wasn't on the script, but I feel like I'm so intrigued by this when I'm working with folks on their brand story. This is kind of the thing that we're looking for as well. Mm -hmm. I look for it in their story. So I'm super curious how, you know, when it's not evident, when it, okay, so let's say it is a client you're going to work with, but they just don't have that thing that makes them stand out. What is the process of looking for the hot dog in someone who is an ideal client for you, but doesn't have that thing yet that makes them stand out? Well, I can talk about it in terms of myself. I was presented with this irresistible offer that I became instantly obsessed with. I mean, obsessed. I would not stop talking about it. I couldn't stop thinking, (laughs) how am I going to come up with the money to do this? And uh, this was an offer from a copywriter named Ash Amberger. We're whisking you away to London for a two-day makeover for your brand. And I was like, that's the kind of person I want to be. I want to be somebody who gets whisked away for a brand experience. Um, So I ended up doing it. I told Ash, okay, so I'm thinking that my brand is going to be no better pen. I'm cringing saying this. No better (laughs) pen than Jen, right? And she said, we can do better than that. And I was like, oh, thank God. And she (laughs) was the one who came up with the name Obsession 11. And Mm. as we were working together, I realized, oh, this is about... My brand should not be a description of what I do. It said it needs to be about the feeling that I'm going to help create for my avatar. And that alone like changed how I approached copy Mm -hmm. and um, Mm -hmm. wrote copy. So that's an example of somebody giving me this marketing edge. Let's focus on the obsession part because I feel like that is also sort of my own MO with my business. I want people to be obsessed with you once they've gotten to know your story. So your story, the way that I describe it is, it's not a potpourri of events. It's not just what happened. It is what you stand for. It's how your values and your mission kind of came to life through what you do. So Ideally, you are obsessed with what you do because you're obsessed with helping others. And then in turn, they'll be obsessed with working with you because they see that obsession. And I'm using the word obsession excessively. But the idea being, you know, this is what we're drawn to. I love working with people who are extremely passionate about what they do. So I'm going to hand it back to you, Jen. Tell me about this, the principle of obsession and how it's often lacking in, in how we show up 
in our copy and in our online presence? I would say that part of the obsession piece is having that edge. Now, a lot of times Mm. it's the story that you tell about yourself and as you have random facts, like, you know, potpourri has all of those weird like petals and blossoms in it, et cetera. Uh, There's like a cohesive narrative. So when I do my discovery process working with a client, that's like Mm -hmm. the first step. There's two sections essentially, and it's about you and about them. So the about you part is where I educate myself on what is it about you that's different? Why do people love you? And then the other part is about them. And that's the part that I think a lot of people innocently and not ill-intentionedly, that's a word now because I've said it, what I want to understand is, okay, what makes you different? Sure. But then I need to understand why anybody cares and what differentiates me from a lot of copywriters. I am obsessed with your audience. I will mm. do anything to be able to get um, what's called voice of customer data uh, so that we can really speak to this one person. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of the clients I work with are really nervous about niching down into one person. And what I tell them is you have multiple avatars. Every business has multiple avatars, an amalgam of um, characteristics of people that things that they all tend to have in common, right? So we are picking the one who was the most profitable. And I define profit in terms of joy and money. So the most profitable person is not the person who pays you the mm-hmm. most if they make you yeah. cry. The most profitable person is the person who pays you the most who you absolutely <laughs> love working for. I give that person a name. And then I write like a day in the life scenario based on voice of customer mm. data. I read, if you take a survey, I will read every answer, like hundreds of answers. Um, I will tell you how to get more information. I will interview your clients. I will join your Facebook mm-hmm. groups. I will read Amazon book reviews. If there is actually market research out there, I will go and purchase it. I need to know this person inside and out before I can uh, speak to that person on a really intimate level. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting, Jen. I do feel like of all of the things that we do when we're building a business, this is the one thing we talk about, but a lot of people don't realize just how critical it is. I have worked with folks whose businesses are further along than I would have ever imagined they could get without knowing the things that, in my mind, they should know about their audience. The entire cornerstone of what I do when I'm telling your, helping you tell your brand story is working yeah. backwards from your audience, working backwards from how they need to feel. And we only know how to get them there once we know who they are. <laughs> and so it's mind blowing to me when, when that work isn't there. Uh, and I love everything that you've just described, you know, the Facebook group, the books that you're reading, this, the, all, the millions of survey answers that you, you comb through and that you absorb and that you, you know, make your own. Like you are inputting all of this into your own brain so that you can think exactly like them and so that language can sound like them. I mean, we all know that good copy, good marketing is all yeah. about the customer being like, how are you inside my brain? How are you like, how is this happening <laughs> that you are, ex- you were saying the exact things that I feel. And, um, and then we only get to that level of connection when we know them inside and out. It's twofold. The mistake that I see more uh, coaches and course creators uh, making, which are one, I call the tyranny of I like 
And two is seeing their avatar as a collection of pain mm. points. I think, well, what are the pain points? And then that person becomes just a collection of pain points and their humanity gets lost. So that's part of why I do what I do with avatar mm -hmm. research, where we want to have empathy for this person and we want to see them as somebody with a full life, not just somebody walking around with like, here is like a little uh, like display shelf of my pain points. And I want to know how you're going to fix every single one of those. <laughs> uh, now, the tyranny of I like is about there was one woman who was really very upset with me that I uh, believed in writing long form sales pages. And she kept telling me, well, I don't like long sales pages. Um, I'm neurodivergent. I can't read them. And what I kept trying to point out was, but does your avatar like long sales pages? Does your avatar need a long sales page? Because all of the marketing research shows that for the most part, uh, length is an indication of value. And a sales page is meant to do two things, give everybody the information that they need to make a decision, but you're also trying to persuade them to buy it, to want to buy it, to be a part of your world. So anytime I encounter a conversation that's about, well, I don't like this, well, I don't like that, I think, oh, okay, but who cares? Now, some people might say, well, my avatar is me. Okay, great. Then you already mm -hmm. know. Um, but my thing right. is, is your avatar you? Or are you a, like a more sophisticated version of your avatar because you're the person who learned how to do this and they haven't? It's really important to try to get into that person's right. head and figure right. out what they need. Right. And I guess the last thing I want to say is about long form sales pages because people feel intimidated by them or I can't tell you how many people say, well, I'm never going to read all that. Well, people read Harry Potter. People will read long things. They just have to be interested. Um, they have to find it. <laughs> Correct. And if you write it the correct right. way, people will enjoy there. reading your so, copy yeah. and they will read all that copy. Oh, that's such a good point, Jen, because I have read really terrible sales pages. In fact, I would say I've read yeah, the yeah. top of them because then I've clicked out. And then other ones, and then other ones, I feel like, oh my gosh, this is like I'm reading it for the joy of reading this copy. That's so good. And Maybe I bought it, maybe I didn't, but this, the positive impression that I had with this brand just from a really enjoyable sales page. And I feel like the thing that's made it enjoyable is that it wasn't a collection of pain points, is that it wasn't like a template based, you know, hitting the exact same things that everyone else is hitting. It was a conversation. It was witty. It caught me by surprise at times. It, it, it took me this way and then it took me that way. And then I, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm on this journey. Like take, I, I'll keep writing this, <laughs> writing with an R-I-D-I-N-G. Um, you know, so I just, I love that it's just about seeing copy and words. We're not simplified human beings. And, you know, to your point, we're not just a collection of pain points. Mm -hmm. We have feelings and we can go on journeys. And there's all sorts of color and depth to how we experience things. And there's so much more to explore with that than just doing sort of the standard boilerplate approach to how we write. I love your emails for that reason, too. It's um, I love, I mean, your emails inspire me to write emails like I do. In fact, wasn't there one like a couple of weeks ago where <laughs> you you gave me the Jen seal of approval for my email because, and that mean, meant the world to me. I was like, yes, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Whatever the case may be, 
do it remarkably. Do it so that you're memorable. Do it different. Do it you. Have people really enjoy whatever they're reading and not just feel like they're being convinced to buy because you're well, doing I, the boilerplate What I'd like to point out, though, approach. is um, I'm not a very good liar. Uh, so you do write very interesting and compelling <laughs> emails, and they feel real and um, of the moment. You know, one of the emails that you had sent recently was you, you at a swimming lesson, or you're about to pick up your son from a swimming lesson. Do I remember that correctly? Or you were mm -hmm. in the stands watching like a karate match or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you were like, hey, oh, I'm just writing this really quick and here's what I want to tell you. And I could tell, okay. I could feel it that that was true. And that isn't necessarily, I don't think that's the one I told you that I really liked, <laughs> but the emails are, there were no wasted words. It was really interesting. And that's what I appreciate um, in an email. For my emails, I am, as I said, obsessively brained. And I don't want to email people unless I have something to say. When I write my copy for a client. I don't just hand them the document and say, get back to me. I engineer every minute mm. of that experience. Mm -hmm. And that starts with recording a screencast where I'm reading what I wrote mm. to them and explaining all of the thinking and all of the decisions. That's something I learned from Ash during that experience. Oh, that's everybody should do this. Get Loom. That's it's really like $5 good. I love a month. That. And what you do is you offer yeah. your color commentary. Because otherwise, people are coming mm. at it just like the exercise I'm about to really shorthand here. Um, when I'm working with a new client and I record one of these for them, I say, okay, I want <laughs> you to uh, close your eyes and just listen to me. And I want you to imagine that you're standing in a meadow. And then I describe it. The sun is out. There's sheep. There's flowers. You could smell the flowers, right? And then I just very seamlessly move into, and you're sitting over there wondering, why is Jen telling me this? And it's because I wanted you to empty your head. And now I want you to think about Melissa, the avatar that we developed. And she's just dropped up. She's just picked up the kids from badminton practice. She's rushing in. It was her husband's turn to make dinner, but she's the one who's got to go get the laundry. And she's like, you know, I don't want to say she's yelling at her kids. That's such a stereotype, but she's yelling at her kids like, okay, you have to do your homework, but in 30 minutes we're eating dinner. And then, you know, maybe she's in the bathroom. Maybe she's just changed. She looks at her phone and there's your email. All that stuff is in her head. She's not like, mm. let's read the email and like scrutinizing every word. You have to get that busy person's attention. And you have to realize that you can't assume, I should say, you can't assume mm -hmm. that your complicated, long, convoluted sentences are going to get her attention. Yeah. That Harry Potter thing I said is from copy hackers. It's a sort of a common ad adage in copywriting, which is the goal of every sentence is to make them read the next sentence. That's it. That is it. You are just trying to get someone's attention nice. and hold mm -hmm. it. And that's mm -hmm. how you get their message. So I'm always thinking, okay, my avatar for my newsletter is this like really busy person. Usually the people who like me like me because they find a lot of other emails really boring. And they think, well, well, here's Jen with an adventure. You know, every time I mm, go and get my hair yes. cut, my hairdresser's like, I'm so stressed out. What you got yeah. for me? <laughs>
And so I'm like, okay, well, here's this crazy story of something that happened to me, right? And, you know, we end up having like so much fun um, having this conversation. I could just go in there and tell her, well, you know, this client, oh, you know, my mom. I'm like, no, why are we having fun right now? We should be having fun. Having fun in business is one of my biggest goals and the thing that I'm like preaching the most these days. I feel Mm -hmm. like we get so sucked into the seriousness and the tasks and the, and the elements of the business and the hiring and the, and the tweaking and the learning and the buying and the refunding and all of the, (laughs) all of it. And we forget to freaking have fun and how much more does that attract people to us when we're having fun because nobody else is like everyone is so serious about what they do. Not, you know, I'm super generalizing, but for the most part, there's so many people that are so serious about the, what they're doing. They're so focused on selling. Oh my gosh. I can't tell you. I'm, I've, I'm really, I'm subscribing like categorically to people who, A, I don't remember who they are. B, every single email, you're selling me something. I'm like, dude. Yeah give me a break. Like, give me something. <laughs> like, I want to be treated as a human, yeah, not as an ATM really for you, that. you know? So anyway, so I just, you, you hit on the point of having fun with your hairdresser. And it's not, like, I want to yeah, say that fun is profitable. Fun is so important. That's really important. Fun pays off for me. I have made a yes. really decent living mm-hmm. um, by making things fun. Yeah. I'm going to quote another copywriter who really, <laughs> this has never left me. His name is Alp. Turin, A-L-P, Turin. And he said, people are wildly bored in their lives and desperate for a sense of adventure. Just like when they were kids. They Mm. want to be taken on an adventure. A little Mm -hmm. bit different than just telling a story, right? Like, that's very important. But they want to go on an adventure. They're so bored. They're like, please help me. And, you know, if you can be that person who isn't boring like everybody else, which if you're listening to this podcast, you are definitely not a boring person. So don't worry. You might just need permission to tell um, (laughs) those stories or to um, be kind Mm. of fun and quirky. My husband says that I have a a very low tolerance for boredom (laughs) and that uh, I have high expectations when I go into a (laughs) conversation. Uh, But I'm endlessly fascinated by people, the things that interest them, anybody who's interested in anything. I love copy. I also, you know, like the hot dog princess, you with video, with telling documentaries. It's because something flashy caught your attention about it. Mm. There was something flashy and attention getting and shiny that jumped out at you. Mm. So those words, shine, flash, attention grabbing, um, those are not insults. Those are not bad. You have to, if you don't have that thing that stands out, like nobody's ever going to pay attention, right? For the most part, people are human beings who are looking to be interested and, you know, fascinated, have an adventure. That's such a great note to end on, Jen. The biggest takeaway for me from our conversation is this idea of remembering that we're talking to humans, remembering to have fun, remembering that each touch point, each copy, each word should lead to the next because it, because we are taking them on an adventure, <laughs> remembering to be the hot dog, to show up as yourself, to be different, to embrace what makes you you all the while having your audience top of mind. Like this is about them. Like your business is not about you, but using you, using your voice and your 
your Perfect. show up ability. <laughs> That's another word I just coined. <laughs> Using all of that to be memorable and to serve them through entertainment, serve them through great copy, serve them through personality and relationship building. Because we do business with people. People do business with people. And I feel like we forget that so much when we think about the principles of online marketing and the pain points and the thing that the kind of dry sort of math to it that don't get me wrong. I think it does work. It, I mean, it definitely works. It's worked up till now, but I think with more and more people in the online space, there's less and less room for yeah. the sort of boilerplate approach to how you, how you come across. And that's where we're living to me in this really exciting moment of it being more and more important to capitalize on who you are behind your business. Um, and what is your version of the hot dog and what is, you know, the, the thing that's going to make Well, there's one thing out. I put like, together oh, this is for so your cool, listeners. Jen. Thank you so much. Is, I, shit, that was wrong. I put something together yes, that's special for your <laughs> listeners. If you go to obsession11.com, obsession and 11 words, not numbers slash empire. I have put together um, a compilation of my okay. email nurture sequence with detailed commentary as to why each element is in that email. And I think that will be like greatly instructive for anybody who wants to understand how to bring more personality and their story into an email. I love that. Oh, I love that, Jen. I'm going to jump on that immediately. I'll be the first person to sign up for my for this freebie. I so hope so. Um, thank you so much. That's so amazing. I feel like I need a total makeover in my nurture sequence You're anyway. Welcome. So this is awesome. Thank you, Jen. And how else can people find you? So they'll sign up for that. And then is there another good place where they can follow you? Or should they just wait for um, these incredible emails that Instagram, you send every now and if, then? If I... Um, when I remember to check it, I'm always excited to engage with people. The best thing to do, though, is to get on my email list. And, you know, if you reply to those emails, we'll definitely become friends. Thank you. Oh, I love it. All right, Jen, thank you so much. I'm going to let you go back to being the secret weapon to your six, seven plus figure launches. Um, you've been so busy lately. I'm, I love following your work. And I'm, I'm so happy thank that you, you so were able to share me. this, like, goodness.